Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, Ontario Premier Doug Ford announced an increase to the minimum wage. The current minimum wage is $14.35 an hour. Uh, that will last until this January when it will increase to $15 an hour. And so what should be made of this and what are some positives and negatives, uh, if there are any? Uh, joining me now to answer these questions is political uh, commentator and former director of communications to former NDP leader Jack Layton, um, Kathleen Monk, and also the Globe and Mail's Laura Stone. Uh, hello to both of you. Uh, Laura, I'll start with you. Uh, the reaction uh, to this has been it should have been done uh, a long time ago and reaction, meaning the reaction from uh, the other parties. The government says uh, this was largely done uh, to thank frontline workers who have had to work harder during the pandemic. Uh, so do you think people will uh, look to the past and, and to the fact that it took this long for it to happen? Or do you think people uh, will just be glad that it happened? And even just thinking about next year's provincial election, do you think the thought will be, well, it happened? Or do you think the main thought <laughs> will be on it took Mr. Ford this long to do it? Well, uh, hi, Wyatt. I just want to thank you so much for having me on the show. It's my first time, so I really appreciate it. Um, and you reaching out and you do a great job. Um, so that is a great question because I, I think there's kind of like two factors at play here. There is kind of the, the policy side and, and those who've been pushing for an increase to the minimum wage for quite some time. And, and the fact that the Ford government had canceled this planned wage when they came into government. And then, uh, as you rightly mentioned, there's the political factor of an, elect an upcoming election in June. So um, I think what was fascinating today was the fact that um, Mr. Ford and his ministers did this event uh, outside of a union shop. They had two very high profile union leaders there, uh, Jerry Dias and Warren Smokey Thomas, who aren't natural allies, I would say, of the Progressive Conservative Party. And they while they said, you know, they've been frustrated with the government in the past and they've had their disagreements, they they very strongly came out in support of this move. So, um, you know, will voters be as forgiving? Will pe people who push for this be as forgiving? We'll have to see. Um, but I do think, you know, there there is something kind of turning here in terms of, of the government's relationship with unions um, and, and with maybe more progressive leading voters who may not have expected this coming. And then there's certainly the criticisms on the part of the NDP and others who just say that this is, is a completely cynical ploy for votes. So we'll see uh, what happens. But, um, but I do think that that was kind of unexpected today to have that kind of union support behind the premier. Kathleen, um, Laura just mentioned the impact that it will have on the relationship between the government and various unions. So maybe you can uh, talk about that a little bit. And also, do you think that obviously this has happened, but now I think a lot the next thing will be the unions are going to call uh, for it to be even higher. We've seen Jerry Dias say today that a living wage in Toronto, for example, uh, is $22 an hour. So uh, how do you think this will affect the relationship of unions and the government? Sure. Well, thanks also for being here. It's a pleasure. And I would just start off by saying that, listen, when the government gives low wage workers a bump up, even if it's only 65 cents, it's reason to be thankful. Like, I don't think it's, you know, I think it's three years too late. I think it's actually much more than three years too late. I think that Wynn was even slow in kind of making these raises to the minimum wage. I would argue that Premier Ford is, is not a leader in terms of making, you know, uh, Ontario uh, really a strong 
place that attracts workers and attracts investment because frankly, BC, Alberta, Northwest Territories and Yukon are all have all have much higher um, uh, minimum wages already in place in those provinces and territories. In terms of the relationship with unions, listen, I would say that this is really a part of a broader package of legislation and ideas that the Ford government is bringing forth. And Minister Monty McNaughton, the Labour Minister on Ontario, has introduced a number of uh, policies and, and legislation in the last, you know, say 10 days, two weeks, two and a half weeks that Laura has covered very closely um, that lead to this, lead on this whole theme, right? So whether it's, you know, giving truckers and transport workers access to back bathrooms, whether it's looking at credentials for uh, new immigrants and new Canadians and how we can um, get them into place, whether it's it's things like this minimum wage, there, he was looking for ways to appeal to workers. So the question from a political standpoint is why is he doing that? Why is he targeting um, uh, working class people? What is he trying to do there? And he's trying to lock down that working class vote um, across uh, Ontario. Another thing that appeals to, I know, to, to me, myself, and to my sister in Ajax, Ontario, are things like the right to disconnect, right? But when we start to unpack those bills and those policies that the Ford government are talking about, or look at the differential in this minimum wage, how is it really helping Ontarians? And there are other things that I would argue that actually help Ontarians more, things like getting a childcare agreement signed and done. That, that would actually help for women to have a pathway back to work or are looking at other ways that could actually make people's lives um, better. So, but I definitely think politically, strategically, it's a play for working class votes. It's not that different that we saw uh, Aaron O'Toole do at the federal level. It's not that different, frankly, that we've seen many conservative parties all across the world do, whether it's in Australia or the UK, or frankly, in, um, in Canada that Harper did himself or Brad Wall in Saskatchewan, or actually the premier's brother, Rob Ford did in the city of Toronto when he was mayor. There's, there's a pattern here of this uh, appeal to working class votes and, um, and whether working class voters actually go to those blue parties um, uh, is another question if he'll actually secure those votes when the election comes around. Long answer, sorry. <laughs> and Laura, what about, um, obviously, unions are happy about this but what about like small businesses who have let's say um been affected greatly uh by COVID I think lots of people have been giving examples of small restaurants who had to open and close and open and close um it, how is this gonna because they're struggling to get by on their own with this minimum wage so is having to raise the minimum wage going to be a factor in um how quickly their business can get back and thrive well, we know that small business groups like the Canadian Federation of Independent Business um, were critical of this move from the Ford government. Um, and they have been stung repeatedly, I would say, throughout the pandemic. And that's been one of the most interesting dynamics because this is a natural uh, constituency or natural alliance um, for Mr. Ford. He's always talks about how he supports small businesses. And he's for, for the little guy. And this group came out uh, when this news broke in the Toronto Star late last night and said, we had no idea this was coming. How, you know, how could you spring this on us after we, we barely kind of clawed our way back from, from the devastation that the pandemic has, has uh, done on our business. So there certainly are groups that, uh, that are upset about this. Um, we also heard from, 
from uh, the Chamber of Commerce as well, who basically expressed concerns, I would say, about uh, about the impact this would have. Other groups, though, like the Retail Council of Canada said that this is not as large of an increase that we saw back in the Kathleen Wynne days when the Liberals were set to, to make a much more significant jump um, in the minimum wage. So it's it's mixed, but you're right to point out that kind of those core small business groups, and of course, they represent a variety of voices and, and some business owners might come out in support of this because they want their workers to earn uh, more money. Um, but this this small business group that has, a, a, I would say, kind of one of the loudest voices in Ontario politics um, has come out and expressed their displeasure about it. So um, that is it's kind of an interesting dynamic now that you have the government sort of siding with with more of those um, union voices and then angering some of maybe what many would consider their natural base in the business community. And Kathleen, um, Jerry Dias said earlier today, as we mentioned, that $22 is uh, the livable, would be the livable wage in a place like Toronto. So as Laura mentioned, um, there's been some, and as I mentioned too, there's been some backlash from some of the small business uh, communities on doing this because of the impact it could have on how quickly their business could recover from uh, COVID. So when we look at, let's say, if you were to raise the minimum wage, not even let's say if you raised it to 22, but to, uh, I think the NDP is calling for $17 right uh, right now. How would you manage the public backlash on uh, that if, you know, small businesses are um, getting upset with just $15 and how can you encourage people that if you were to raise the minimum wage to that point that, um, it would be good in many respects. Yeah, I, I think we're in a really different situation in twenty in fall of 2021 than we were in fall of 2017. That was when Kathleen Wynne basically moved what was a $11.40 minimum wage and said in 2018, we're going to move to to $14. That was a $2.60 jump, uh, if I recall. And that that's a, that was a bigger jump. And I recall the backlash at the time, a small business um, well-known here in Ottawa, where I live, uh, Bridgehead, it's a kind of boutique coffee shop, which was always known as very ethically sourced and morally. Actually, their, one, their CEO at the time was a, a voice strongly against the minimum wage hike. And, 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 and so even businesses that were aligned progressively uh, were against that big jump back that was announced in 2017 and implemented in, in 2018. I don't think that's the same case now. I don't. I think we're in a completely different world. I think the reaction to this, you asked earlier, Laura, what's the reaction going to be like this from business? And then I would extend that to voters. I think it's generally going to be muted. I think because Ford isn't being a leader here right now in jumping to 15. In fact, we know because of the pandemic and the crisis and the crisis to bring workers back into the fold and and understanding the the hardships they faced as frontline workers, whether it's waiters or, or bartenders or, or retail clerks at grocery stores, those wages have already been have always already been rising from the get go. I mean, I know here in Ottawa there were some uh, serving positions and some uh, dishwasher positions that were going in local restaurants for up to twenty two dollars an hour. So what I'm trying to say here is that Ford isn't being a leader on this. This is the, the bar has already moved. You know, it's not like 2017 anymore. We recognize that these frontline workers are critical. 
people and that they deserve the pay. That's why Canadians and certainly Ontarians rallied around the idea of a pandemic bump, if you will, for a while. I'm not saying that we're not going to hear more uh, complaints coming from business, but they will always complain. But I think public opinion has moved on this. Public opinion is far, you know, thinking that 15 is no big deal. Sure, let's go to 17 or somewhere around that. I think it's still a hard walk to get up to 22. But I think that um, I think that the public is much more accepting than they were in 2017 of that big jump at that time. Maybe it's only because it's 65 cents versus $2.60. But I also think that will impact forward. Like, will will Ontarians remember this by the time we get around to June um, uh, 22? And in fact, are in fact low wage voter who voters is that his target no it's probably actually high wage higher income private sector voters the folks that work at Unifor and some of those other unions, right, that might not necessarily be directly impacted. And I should just obviously disclose that I do work for Unifor, so I, I have to disclose that, although I might have taken a different opinion on this minimum wage than uh, Jerry Dyes did today. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Laura, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but do you think that come the next election, how, how do you think this will still be in voters' minds, like, and and to what extent? Because obviously, sayings uh, there's a saying that says that people have short memories in politics. Do you think <laughs> yeah. that that would remain present next election? Well, I think the government's going to try to make it present. This is this is clearly part of of that's going to be part of their big election pitch. This, as Kathleen mentioned, kind of this package deal of of workers' policies, working for workers is is the government's new slogan. Um, so they're clearly building up to something, I think, that will play a very big role in their re-election campaign. This will be a part of it. Um, and, and she mentioned some of the the other policies, you know, like the non-compete policy, um, e- even the, the equi- equitable access uh, to washrooms, foreign credentials. This is going to be, I think, the the government here is clearly setting up what's going to be one of their key messages uh, during the campaign. So, you know, whether voters are used to it by then or it's kind of old news to them, they're going to be keep uh, they're going to get reminded about it um, because they're going there's going to be uh, announcements about it. There's going to be probably a lot of advertising. So uh, I think that that's that's what this government is setting up right now, something that's going to be one of their key messages. Um, heading into the June 2022 campaign. Yeah. If I could just just jump in on what Laura said, and the question is how effective will the opposition actually be at reminding them of other parts of the record from the four government that may not have been as as worker friendly. So whatever, it's their interactions with the education unions, the teachers have been quite confrontational. Uh, You certainly didn't see the education unions rallying behind Ford today. But but you also also, you know, remember there was this law that Doug Ford wrote when he still had his chief of staff, his older chief of staff, Doug French right in those dying days of that part of the early administration there was a bill called bill 124 and that actually caps salaries at one percent and what that means with inflation at 4.4 it essentially means that there is a pay cut for a lot of workers across ontario right now of around 3.4 percent that's a significant amount when we're all facing kind of higher costs of of bread uh gas and and appliances whatever right so the, so it, it's going to be a contest really over the next what is it now 
nine, 10 months. Uh, I'm sure Laura has a calendar where she's counting. Eight-ish months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, and, and what, you know, who will be more effective at messaging this, you know, and, and getting it and reminding the voters before they go to the polls. And I'll just jump in, Wyatt. Like Kathleen makes a really good point. Not all unions are created equal. They're, they're, they're you know, they're speaking to different um, constituencies, a different set of of workers. Um, you know, the nurses unions who've been very upset by by the wage cap bill are, are probably not going to be rallying around um, this premier as openly as maybe the carpenters union or, or some of the construction unions. So uh, there, there's definitely, um, you know, you, you can't paint them all with with one broad stroke, there's, there's certainly voices that are going to be much more louder in their dissent um, over the government. And, and like Kathleen says, that those, those people, and as well as the opposition, will probably be trying to remind voters about some of the previous uh, moves of, of the government that were not as, as union or worker friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that was my last question. So thank you, Kathleen and uh, Laura. And it's been uh, great chatting with you both. And thank you again. Thanks so much. Thanks so Thank you so much. Have a great night.